welcome back to Co-Creating Wellness, proudly brought to you by Aura Health. I'm Gabe Pereira. Co-Creating Wellness is a platform for change for a new generation of health enthusiasts. Together, we'll explore ways that we can create agency and power around our health and the health of our planet. Welcome back to Co-Creating Wellness. I'm Gabe Pereira, and with me today, I have two um, really exciting guests, married duo Neil O'Sullivan and Sue Tuttle. Welcome, Neil and Sue. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sounds weird to call the three duo like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say dynamic duo, but I wasn't sure. You know, there might be a, there might be a trademark on that. Or you could even say a still married duo was probably. A good <laughs> How long have you guys been married? And and when did you meet? Uh, we've been we've been together ten years this year. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. So we've been working together. This it was six years in August. So you know that's quite a long time working and being together. But we've only been married for three, three and a, three and a half years. April two thousand nineteen, just before COVID. Okay. We were one of the lucky last music an actual wedding in before the pandemic. So where 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 did you have your wedding? Oh, this beautiful place in New South Wales called Kangaroo Valley. Ah, stunning. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And just to have all the Irish guys, if anyone doesn't know, I am Irish originally, but I've been here 10 years. I was going to say, what part of Sydney is your accent from? (laughs) (laughs) East suburbs, you know, Bondi. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, it it depends who you speak to, because when I go home, I get paid out for sounding Australian. Yeah. some people do think I sound Australian. So if I'm overseas, people think I'm Australian. But anyone that has, let's say, English as their first language normally says I still sound Irish. So really depends who you speak to. It's definitely still there. So you guys met in Sydney? Uh, no, we actually met in Melbourne um, and then ah. lived in Melbourne for probably two years um, before Neil got offered a job in Sydney. And I was happy to leave Melbourne because it's freezing. Um, and yes. I'm from Queensland originally. So I certainly like the warmer weather and the, the beach. So yeah, we've been in Sydney now for almost seven years. Um, so it feels like home now to us. Yeah. Very I think cool. And go the ahead, decision was more Sue's, I think, when I got that job <laughs> off. It was kind of, once she heard the word Sydney, I think she was already bags packed and we were halfway there. She's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I had, a, I had a crack at Melbourne as well when I first got to Australia um, from New Zealand. And um, <laughs> like you, so I just found it, like I just couldn't get to grips with the weather. Brutal. I feel like it's such it a is. beautiful city and there's a lot of culture and art and the food's amazing. But the weather, yep. you just it's just horrific. Sorry to anyone that's listening from Melbourne. It's exactly. A <laughs> it's gonna, can I just back Melbourne people for a sec? Because I came from Ireland, right? <laughs> Sunny Queensland or even as in and coming to Melbourne it was like paradise you know yep. soccer stadiums in the city trams everywhere beautiful coffee yeah as a, as a city experience it's very hard to top Melbourne because it's and it's as you guys would have noticed particularly Neil coming from Europe it's a very organized city so it's one of the few cities in Australia as I understand it that had some level of kind of town planning strategy and mm. so you know generally even a even a foreigner can figure their way out you know around Melbourne within a week or so um, oh, whereas like, Sydney, you know, it's it's in a totally CBD. different world. <laughs> yeah, if you worked in the CBD, you could get on a tram. You could be on one edge of the CBD and meet someone for lunch at the other end of the CBD. You got there it. Five minutes. And then they started making this city circle, which is free. So I was like, what? Well, you yep. can get around for free. It's like It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, so six years ago, you guys started Nimbus. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go straight into the business because I, I think it's just fascinating because, again – 
you know, we're in the same space with health and wellness. You guys have got a really different take on it. Talk to me, and, and apologies if you've covered this in other podcasts, but I'm, I'm fascinated to hear the background to Nimbus. Yeah, so um, I guess it might start, I'm, I mean, okay, <laughs> well, we might start with my background. My background is a nutritionist. So I yep. worked in health and wellness space for, for a few years before starting Nimbus. Um, and through kind of my own personal health journey, I guess I started using infrared saunas um, myself. And I just felt like madly in love with them, not only like the health benefits they provided, but almost just the space that they provided to kind of disconnect and um, spend time away from, I guess, the hustle and bustle of life. Um, and when I first started using them, I guess what I thought was there wasn't any spaces at the time where people could just simply go that felt less clinical, um, like very relaxed, very welcoming, um, and that had a sole focus around like sauna therapy. Um, so so where, did you, like, where did you find sauna? Because that, that would have been what, early 2000s or mid 2000s? Yeah. So I was working at a health clinic um, in okay. Potsdam. Um, they're like a multi-modality, um, like chiropractic, um, physio, acupuncture clinic. And they used to just have one out the back um, there. Nice. So they would use it for their clients um, for recovery or um, like, you know, mix um, mix of reasons. But I started using it just myself, um, going through a bit of like health stuff and just fell in love and just noticed the tremendous benefits of using it like regularly. But yeah, it just yeah. felt that it was more um, a tool that felt very like clinical and not as like restorative. Um, yeah. And I think it was at that time it was seen more as a post recovery. Like, so, you know, that was part of your protocol if you had a certain health condition where when we yeah. started to look at this a little bit more, we thought, well, there's no lifestyle offering here. There's no preventative healthcare approach to this. And if you think, take yoga or Pilates studios, which kind of really nailed this, you know, as well, you know, many more years uh, before what we're talking about. But we wanted to kind of, we, when we thought about infrared, we thought, what, what if we brought this to the masses, made it accessible, easy lifestyle, something that you would do as part of your weekly routine, just like you yep. would do if you were going to yoga, Pilates, or even the gym. And when we researched, there was nobody really doing it. The only place really that had something was in the US, which soon yep. had, you know, been to some places in New York um, and that was it. And then we thought, wow, okay, I think we have an opportunity here to do something. And yeah. that was one of the main reasons coupled with our own health journeys, as Sue mentioned, and trying to give something back to society at the time, because that was about 2015, 2016, you know, Trump was coming into it. Like there was a yeah. lot of this coming around. Right? And we a couple of things like, going on. <laughs> things going on, fake news and, all. and we we're like, and you know, the mass media and there was so much, connectivity we were we think well what we need to get away we need to allow people to come somewhere to get away from all this um, yep. and that's that that culmination of all those things basically was where we landed i ended up with nimbus did you guys look at the tradition of sauna use in places like sweden and and those areas which is more steam sauna right yeah, it is. We definitely did. So we did like a lot of research around, um, you know, different offerings around the world, obviously just like from a more traditional perspective, um, how they've been used through through history really. And then just um, yep. in general, like um, hotels that had offerings with saunas, but most of them we found were like steam offerings um, or yes. just traditional. Um, and definitely throughout the US and a few places in Europe were using infrared, but it wasn't, I guess, um, being done in a super commercial way. Um, mm. So we were kind of, yeah, at the forefront in terms of that when it comes to launching in Australia and yeah, the use of infrared um, 
yeah, from a, I guess, commercial wellness space. Yeah, we felt there was a bit of a gap because, you know, if you take the hotel or traditional spa vibe, which is very communal, open yes. plan, like that, there was, n- there was nothing that was kind of giving you that real sense of privacy. And that's the minute we opened our doors in 2016, all the infrared saunas that we have are all private. And that's definitely yep. something we have kind of hung our hat on a bit and people do really like that part of the experience and Absolutely. so while, while communal is not a bad thing and like that's something we're also we're also looking at for the evolution of our offering as we grow into more and bigger studios nationally and hopefully internationally it, it, but at the time there was there wasn't that offering so we felt there was a little niche that we could tap into as well that would yep. make it potentially more accessible for your average australian you know that it's not about six packs and bikini bodies and things like that we want to be open and welcoming to all parts of the community yeah as you say it's like going to the yoga studio or going to the pilates studio exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so it's more you know you can come in book in do your sauna and go and that's you know yeah. make it as simple as that we wanted to make it simple and we didn't want it to be complicated that you had to go for hours or you had to go with a friend if you had to you don't have to like it, it's really up to you and you can make whatever the experience is to yourself each time you visit. So double click on infrared. So uh, for those, so I had an infrared yesterday. I've been having them sort of weekly um, and I, I absolutely love it and have seen incredible benefits from it. But I don't know a lot about infrared, how it works, why it's different to steam. Help me, I guess, help me and I guess help the listeners understand a bit more about why infrared. Do you want me to go? Still point, let me. Um, yeah, so a traditional sauna, uh, which most people would be aware of, you know, dates back to a lot of Nordic culture, you know, Finland, places like that. And that's based off the hot coals and the pouring of water on the coals. So what that does is it heats the air around you through convectional heat. And you might notice when you're in a traditional sauna, it's a little bit harder to breathe. It's because less oxygen in the air as a result of all that heating process. So think of it in a way of it heating the air around you, it then heats your body. And that's when you start to sweat and detoxify. That's okay. it in a more simplest form. If you take infrared, it uses infrared light. Now, infrared light, like education is a big key thing because, you know, a lot of people think it's a new thing, but it's not really. Infrared has been around for many, many decades. It was the Japanese, I think, in the 70s who started to actually use infrared for holistic practices like what we're doing okay. now. It's also an invisible light with the naked eyes. You can't see it, you know, when you're in the room. But it's a dry heat. So what it does, let's say in contrast to a traditional sauna, is that the infrared light is various different frequencies. So at Nimbus, we have what we call full spectrum infrared. So there's three yep. different types of infrared frequency, mid, near, and far. And those frequencies penetrate your, your body basically at different proportions. So some only hit the surface of your skin, which helps stimulate you know your skin health whereas other go right through to your core so they're actually basically putting your body into essentially exercise mode by uh, impacting your molecules Um, and it basically puts your body into the state of thinking it's an exercise mode it heats your cells through a thing called facilitation which is your cells vibrating and that generates the heat which then starts the detoxification process so I know I'm saying a lot of things there, but hopefully that makes sense. No, 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 I'm with you. Because I think there were some studies recently that showed that a regular application of infrared sauna was was quite beneficial in increasing cardiovascular fitness. Exactly, yeah. And because of that dry heat and you can breathe uh, uh, better when you're in an infrared sauna, you actually tend to stay in there longer. So our sessions... Yep 
typically go for up to 45 minutes. It doesn't mean you have to be in there for 45 minutes, not at all, but you can do. So the detoxification process has increased. Studies have shown between 20 and 30% more than a traditional sauna as a result. Got it. And I think with the temperature to note a traditional sauna, the temperature is usually generally a lot higher, whereas infrared, depending on uh, the usage or why you're using it, you can get so many of the amazing benefits at a lower temperature. So, I mean, the temperature gauge, our saunas go up to 60 degrees would be the maximum. But what we would recommend is that you can do it at a lower temperature depending on why you've been using it. So if someone was coming um, to use a sauna and they were just using it for more general relaxation or maybe um, some skin concerns or something like that, you might be, you're still going to apply the benefit at say 50 degrees because those actual infrared wavelengths are beneficial at a lower temperature. So that's always great. So, so just talk me through a general health sort of protocol. So what would, what would you guys recommend? So, so say money's no object. I can come three, four times a week. What, what yeah. would you recommend? I mean, I would probably recommend uh, the number one reason I would recommend someone to use it on a regular basis would be, I'd say just like mental mental well-being and stress and relaxation. Um, you're relaxing, you're restoring. We're exposed to so many things in our daily life that just taking that time is hugely beneficial. But then I guess the second one would be from a detoxification point of view. Mm. I think, you know, in yeah. today's society, environmentally, we are exposed to so many chemicals. It's whether six, it's 600,000 toxins a day that we you know, come into contact yeah. Have with. you guys been reading about the microplastics we're all now drinking every single day of our lives? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be like absolutely the second one because we're just exposed to it through our water, through our food, through um, yep. just environmental stuff. So mm-hmm. I think for using it on a regular basis, I think in today's society, it's just so needed um, to just make sure that we're kind of having uh, the best ability to, uh, I guess, excrete the things that we're absorbing in our yeah. environment. And I, I would yep. just add to that that it would also then just depend on what your particular goal is, you know, and that can change yep. by week by month, by year. So you could be using it regularly for relaxation, as Sue said, but then you might have a bit of muscle pain over a certain period where you might intensify your frequency yep. of using the saunas. Like it really does depend on what's happening with you. And that's also one thing that we find that, well, that we didn't realize would happen when we opened our doors was that every time you come in, the experience can do and mean something different than the one before, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, um, of course. And then Sue touched on what we call the invisible benefit, which is the mental health benefit. That's being in a room alone for an hour a day where nobody can disturb you. That is one of the most valuable benefits that we even offer outside of all the material health benefits that Sue's mentioned already, that people are saying that they get when they leave. So when they came in, it was top of a client survey that we just did recently as well. Interesting. Yeah. But I think that's the totality of the experience in your in your clinics or your studios is, you know, from what I've seen, because I think your your manly studio is yet to open, but the photographs I've seen, you know, it's a beautiful aesthetic. It's amazingly well presented. You've got this curated experience, people, as they come in. So I think that's part of that, as you say, part of that um, stepping away from normal life experience as well, isn't it? Well, yeah, I was going to say thank you because we are running a major campaign this year called the Five Senses Project, which is... Oh, nice. Well, yeah, well, whilst... You know, we did a lot of research and study on this and things like um, shopping centers in Singapore and even casinos, like, you know, this curated experience of like, how do you keep your clients and customers happy when they come into your studios? And whilst we have more studios now, 
about a year ago, we were thinking, well, we need to make sure that the experience is the same no matter where you are, but also each location has its own unique identity. So if you go to yep. our buy studio versus Bondi as an example, they look very different, but we want to have that under underlying feeling of like, oh, but I'm at Nimbus. And that's what yep. the fight is trying to do. And when we when we thought of, well, how do we make that consistent? We, we started to, well, we kind of dove, dove deeper into the sense of like, well, we use our senses and our to experience everything that we do, what we touch, feel, smell, eat, taste, and et cetera. So what we're trying to do is really streamline and curate that whole process. So from the minute you walk in the door to the minute you leave, it. that's being curated for you, you know? Optimal temperature, optimal duration, or is it, does it does it vary by, by individual? I think as well with that, just jumping on the five senses is, the main Go, drive yeah. was, I guess, for us, we always ask ourselves, how do we make out, from the moment someone walks into the space, how do we make them feel safe? Because that's such a huge yeah. part of like our offering. I think with wellness, it can be really, um, it can be really terrifying for people to like enter totally. a space um, because they're here to help with a specific health concern, or maybe they're just really struggling mentally. We, by creating the five senses around their experience, we hope that the minute when people walk into the space, they feel really like safe and nurtured, that they can, yep. you know, kind of leave the shit from the outside world in and just come in and be really vulnerable. And it just allows them to kind of feel like whether there is really hard stuff going on with their health or just at home, that they can kind of like leave that behind when they enter the space. And for us, I think like that's just a huge drive behind the business um and mm. i think by using like the senses as such to create that feeling i think is just really unique and really important to people um when they're dealing with it. like yeah mm. their health <laughs> just to give you a little snippet of the, of the five senses because it's only just launched like sound is one of the big ones so we're working with this amazing Australian artist um, called Matthew Lesser to create 45 minute curated sounds within your sauna. And oh, we've, nice. we've looked, yeah, we've looked under like three key pillars of Australian society, which was nature, your nurture, because we're blessed with amazing nature here in Australia. Then we looked yep. at womb space, which was a kind of nod to frequencies, like the sauna, the infrared light we already mentioned is based off frequency. Also, as humans were frequencies, frequencies yep. impact us in our periphery, but also inside us. So what can we do? You know, for example, like what's the frequency of a resting heart or what's the frequency when you're inside the womb? Nice. Things like that, again, to make you really feel safe and relaxed. And then the last one is connect to country, which, you know, we want to work with indigenous communities to create that sense of peace and tranquility and calmness. And that was inspired by a trip to Uluru that Sue and I were on last year in the middle of COVID, where the sheer silence of that area just yep. demanded respect and we really wanted to honor that fact so and we're going to grow those sounds in your sauna experience over time so each studio you can come in switch off put on one of the sounds and really just like relax into the experience i love it neil i know you you came to sauna and to wellness uh from the corporate world um through your own personal health journey uh if you're comfortable let, let let's talk a little bit about that process yeah sure sure i think sauna's helped me for a number of different reasons. Um, at the time when we started Nimbus, I was kind of struggling a bit with my health and, you know, being married. Well, I wasn't married at that time, but <laughs> when your partner is a nutritionist, I came from Ireland and I had certain things about my, I don't know, behavior that Sue said, that's not really normal, you know, with my gut and things like that. So I started yeah. to really into my own health journey over like a course of years, like these things don't just happen overnight. Um, no. 
And at the time, I was suffering with autoimmune condition. So I have like alopecia areata is one thing. And and I have autoimmune conditions in my family as well. Then I got a load of tests done where I had the MTHFR uh, condition. Basically, my body struggles to absorb um, folate in my system. So vitamin B12s, things like that. Um, And I had a leaky gut. So my body was just like struggling, like generally to couldn't put on weight. I wasn't absorbing foods correctly. Then I had all this autoimmune condition. Um, and then I also struggle with mental health, which is one of the things that MTHFR can affect yes. because of the B- vitamin B12s in, in your body. So it was like a perfect storm. And yeah, like I didn't really notice any of this. I was just plowing through life, you know, probably that kind of masculinity thing of like, oh, I'm fine. And that was the Irish way where you just kind of go, yeah. ah, that's the way it was. Sure, just, tough, just tough it out. Yeah. Yeah, my granddad had that. And he's fine. He lives, you know. But then I started thinking, well, my granddad died of a heart attack and cardiovascular yeah. disease. One of the other major things that you can get from unaddressed MTHFR. So I was like, whoa. And then when we read into the infrared, like a lot of the benefits that came with that was actually right up my alley in terms of what helps me. Um, I also play semi-professional soccer. Well, I did. I'm I saw 30- that in your in your bio. That's awesome. Well, I'm still saying it, even though I'm probably clutching a bit because I was <laughs> so last year and COVID hit and then I got tendinopathy in my hamstring, which I'm still trying to recover. And then I'm 38 next month. So I don't know because I'm <laughs> at the Premier League level. So I think I'm yep. running out of time. But up until... What do you what do you want to do with your soccer? Do you reckon you'll continue to play or coach? or? Well, I was hoping to get one more year out of it. But yep. um, I think coach is probably inevitable for me. I feel like it's just... Like even though I'm still I'm not retired per se yet, people I'm still being asked to jump into things already. But Donna's did help. I don't think there was any coincidence that I was a nearly thirty-eight year old man playing semi-professional football. There was no (laughs) in in my comp that was still my age. Like you know, Um, so I use it massively as a muscle recovery tool for me. So to answer one of your earlier questions, like how often do you use it for that specific uh, purpose for me? I trained Tuesday, Thursday, and had a game Saturday. So I used to use yep. it Monday, Wednesday, and then I'd do a post-game recovery on a Sunday. And I did that religiously for nine months of the year to get me through nice. the season, you know. So what was your process, I guess? So you, you, you had this sort of, as you, as you said, a perfect storm of different health issues hitting you at once. Um, what was your process to kind of take steps to address that, in addition to sauna? It was going to seek professional help essentially you know okay. i went to uh, a number of health specialists uh, a natural path a nutritionist i did i did heaps of tests i did everything from stool tests to you name it i did to get yep. to the result it was because i just knew something wasn't right i ended up finding out that i was gluten intolerant i wasn't celiac yep. but i was right on the cusp of being celiac and being from ireland for example like bread is like just in my blood everywhere <laughs> yeah everywhere and um, so then I started to take that out of my diet and Sue had me doing an like elimination diet, which I'll be honest right now, I'm, I'm not doing that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also think that's important. Like we're not trying to sit here and go, well, we have the most perfect healthy life and we do everything great. No, no we're not. We're human as well. Like I eat chips and I do all that. And, you know, um, but the awareness is key and was, you know, everyone has struggles navigating life and it doesn't mean you can, like, I, I personally hear a lot of things in the wellness industry with this kind of sense of like, oh, I do this seven times a day and I eat all this and yeah. all that. Like, I just don't think that's 
a good way to go about things either. Like we're human. There's this perfection that is just never going to be achieved. And like, we're, we're certainly not perfect, but going through that journey is definitely a needed step and you have to just go through. And sometimes it might take you years to get on top of it or to get around it or whatever it is you need to do. But, you know, I certainly haven't got it down pat, but at least I'm aware now. And when you have awareness, then you, that gives you choice which puts you in a much stronger position. So, but I wouldn't have known all that. I think that's right. I think so. So we we talk about we talk about this. So I, I try I try to talk about this idea of agency. So, agency is is as I think you use the word choice. Agency is the ability to make decisions intelligently about your own health, right? So, and I think if you don't have that platform of health, you you don't have any agency because you're dealing with addressing the disease. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you. I really agree with you. Yeah, and like to be honest, I'm trying to come back around 360 now in the view that like I probably need to start looking at this again. I went really hard at it for a few years, and I was doing really well, yeah. and I kind of fell off the, the wagon a little bit. And I am starting to notice things creep back in, like inflammation in my joints, and my mum has arthritis as well. Like, and if I don't get on the top of some of these things soonish, yeah. it's going to impact me probably 10, 20 years down the line. So it is, it is a stark reality. And but again, as yeah. you said. I now have agency. I know it needs to be done and I will get there. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. How do you guys, I mean, and this is a question for both of you guys, you're obviously, you know, you're, you've got these businesses up and running. You've, you've got a busy schedule. You've got a family. You've got your relationship. You've got these health challenges that you're kind of managing in the, in the background. What are some of the things that you guys do, whether it's daily, weekly, or on an ideal day to help balance all of this? Because this is one of the challenges, right? So, and another another friend of mine who um, specialises in MTHFR actually, Carolyn Ladowski, um, she's she's of the view that it's not about moving to you know Kangaroo Valley and um, and and turning off your phone and the Wi-Fi and and just growing organic kale. You know her proposition <laughs> is you have to you have to um, although if that's what you want to do that's great. Um, <laughs> that her her good. proposition is it does sound good. Um, her proposition is you've got to be able to be. It's the wrong words, but in the arena, which I think we're all trying to do, um, but at the same time have an awareness of your health and and you know it's a trite saying, but find the balance somehow. So how do how do you guys do it? I, I'm asking I mean, for a friend, by the way. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think at the moment, I think it's important that Neil and I we're both really realistic with each other on our expectations because, as you said, we've just had a bub. He's just about to turn yep. one of the businesses and life is really chaotic. So I think at the moment we're just trying to commit to doing less than more um, and just finding space where we can carve out in our day to really like take steps towards looking after our health or just having time alone. I think that's been huge yeah. for us. We were traveling quite a lot this year and away for four months. But since we got back, we have recently got some help with a nanny, which has just been like pivotal to us having some space. But each week we kind of block out times that, you know, Neil can either um, go to the gym or do PT or have a sauna or, you know, even just have 10 minutes where he can just go for a walk down the road. And I think at the moment it's just finding like, less opportunities to do things rather than feeling yeah. guilty doing anything at all because at the moment um, we're not looking after ourselves probably as best as we could and we are yeah. eating worse than we usually would. You know, it's just about making, you know, smart decisions around <laughs> what, what what's achievable. Yep. We're going to markets and buying our produce and I'll try and do a bit of meal prep but half the week we're eating takeaway, you know, and it's like yep. we're just trying I hear to you. 
<laughs> hear you. Hard, you know, like, you know, we, we live together, we work together, we went through yeah. a pandemic together, now we had a child yeah. together. And yeah. <laughs> you know, it rolls around to 6 p.m. and you're both fucking exhausted. You're and naked. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm not cooking. I'm not fucking cooking. I cook last. <laughs> where's the, where's the app? <laughs> app. And then, like, and then there's little things, you know, you bring, you bring him out for a walk in the morning. It's 10 a.m. You haven't had breakfast because you've been up since six and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And like, there's a croissant there and you're like, oh, I'll have that today. And then, oh, just take that. Just like that. But then it's like the next day and you're like, oh, I'm hungry again. Uh, and then all that yeah. kind of rolls and the suicide then you're trying to carve out like you you have to like you're sacrificing so much like i, I was building a corporate world of like nine to five yeah. like it's like it, my life is unraveled like even with covid and even totally. with the well there's like, no i mean in 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 your own business there's no stop and start point right so you know no. A, th- you know, a two-hour a two a two-hour free block on a Sunday. You're like, oh, cool! I'll just smash through some emails or pay some bills. <laughs> well, so when you get a free moment on the weekend, you've got like about seven choices. You're like, I could yeah, go exactly. Shower. I could have a coffee. Yeah. I could work out because I know I need to work out, or I could just yeah. watch a show. I need to just get away, you know, yeah. or do my hair or get a haircut. Like it comes down to the most basic totally. human functions um and like you know i'm particularly i used to love my appearance and doing all those things and they just go out the window <laughs> like yep. yeah the phrase for us this year is um all in good time i think yep. we really realize that some things you just have to let go of and just be be kind to yourself and you know rather than over committing we're just trying to do the bare minimums of you know eat some nutritious food have a little bit of space make sure yeah. we're showered mm. um and just yeah just kind of work together yeah. as a team and, and that's it at the moment <laughs> like i would say like I'm, yeah. I'm really, yeah i think for 36 years of my life I, I i barely went a day without having a shower nowadays like if i get a shower <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a good you know? day Depending on what's going on. And like you do, like that's where you hear about the identity crisis. And like it is true. Absolutely. Like, like Sue's a very independent woman as well. Like, and yep. she has other business on the side. And like having to let go of that as a mom, it's like extremely difficult. Totally. Um, and, you know, then it, other things rear their ugly head, like resentment, which has been a big thing in our relationship probably in the last yep. 12 years since pregnancy. And, you know, we don't have that down pat at all. <laughs> like, we're, Right up until today, we're still like not great in that sense. Like it's a bit of give, yeah. a bit of take, but we don't, we haven't really nailed that either. And it's very difficult for families out there, you know. It is, it is, and I think, I think, I hats off to you guys for the the nanny choice. I reckon that's amazing, and and I think it hopefully gives you guys a bit of time to work on your relationship as well or to invest in the relationship. <laughs> no, I think it's so important, especially for new parents. I think yeah. for us, removing the layer of guilt of we really love our work and we really love being parents and it's like you can do both and I think like yeah. having space away from your baby to really fill your cup up with your work, especially when you love what you do, like that was just totally. so important. So we, we think that that's, you know, she's been so amazing. It's been pivotal to have that space. <laughs> Yeah, and it gets easier. I mean, I don't know, don't know if you guys are going to go again um, in terms of a sibling for this one, but yeah, like once they click over that sort of two and three, um, it, get, it gets easier. Originally, I wanted four. Um, four? <laughs> yeah, four. That was really probably, that's probably, that's data from about three years ago, I would say. How <laughs> Sonny, who's adorable, like I think, we, we, we were saying, like, we'll definitely go for a second and then yeah. we'd all 
oh, we'd love to adopt as well. So maybe a third we might try to adopt. But for now, we're just content with yeah. Sonny. <laughs> three, three would be lovely, I think. So, you know, it's a nice, you know, magical number. <laughs> they can, yeah. They can play off each other and things like that. And I'd love exactly. a girl. There's a lot of men in my family, so I'd, I'd love a girl. But Yeah. Yeah. No, well, and again, hats off to you guys because I know you you are juggling a hell of a lot. But I'm glad to hear that you you have the same struggles as I do. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think if we can just be more transparent about that, like obviously, like our lives are so intertwined and we work so closely, which isn't like you know how most couples work. But anyone yeah. that's married or has a partnership or you know has spent a long time with you know a loved one, like there's always challenges and if we can just be realistic that it's never going to be you know as easy and breezy as it seems and like just talk about that and you know Neil and I you know we've got help over the years and we find yeah. it really positive to speak to someone because you know when you're kind of in a partnership um you know you need an outside person sometimes to just help you yeah. come to to sort out communication and, you know, work on things. So it's like, you know, there's no yeah. point pretending like it's all sunshine and rainbows because sometimes oh, no. it's really hard and, like, it's, yeah, we'd agree. rather people feel comfortable to talk about that stuff than pretend like, it's – We've gone know. to counsellors before. Like, you know, we've yeah, done nice. whatever you need to do for your relationship to make it work, like, you have to do. Yep. And it's great because, like, 50 years ago, you probably wouldn't say that out loud, but, like, we don't – like that's no. not, that we feel that like you need to hide anymore. Like if it's the difference between you staying in a loving relationship, well then you need to do it, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Neil, I'm really fascinated to, to, and I think there's an, there's a nexus between um, great mental health and natural health nutrition. So I'd love to get both of you guys to talk about um, optimizing mental health or mental hygiene, maybe. Cause I know yeah. this is an area that's very close to your heart, Neil. Yes. Yeah, look, I mean, gosh, where do, where do I start um, here? Look, my, my journey with mental health has started from a very, very young age since I was a teenager, you know, and, you know, I, I won't go to a whole rabbit hole because we'd have to do a whole other episode on that. But <laughs> depression, depression was the first thing that I was aware of when I was about 12, 13. Like I knew something wasn't right. Why am I feeling sad for no reason? You know, I was in a you know fairly stable um, family situation in Dublin, in like middle class family. I mean, my I did have a a jarring relationship with my mum, who is an alcoholic, um, and you know I saw a lot of things as a teenager that you probably wouldn't want to see, and that impacted me greatly um, over the course of and even up until now as an adult, still trying to come to terms with a lot of that. But I've been doing a lot of work on that in the last few years, and also with my mum. And it's in a much healthier place now. Um, Great. But I, when I started to, basically it was the case of, you know, in Ireland, you just keep all your emotions down. And when all that stuff was going on with my mum, I just basically held it in. And my dad what not really, like he's a, he's a huge influence on my life. He's my biggest mentor, but he's not a massively emotional guy because that was just the Irish yep. way. So I, I didn't have anyone. It's that to generation me. too, right? Yeah, generational thing, you know, chin up, mate, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. And that also did serve me greatly, but that was kind of my defense mechanism. Like, bottle it all up and just carry on and put on a brave face. Yeah. And then I created this facade and this likability factor, and I had to be the main guy. But I also dealt with bullying when I was um, in, in primary school, which I've only recently been working on with a, a men's uh, health coach to kind of come to terms and let all that stuff go. But 
you know, a lot of those things happen trauma when you're a kid and then you bottle it up and then they can trigger and become more present in your adult life, which I yep. actually felt. But the bullying thing I didn't, I actually didn't think it had any impact on my life up until I'm about my mid thirties. And I had this issue in my old corporate job with a bully that was in the workplace, which triggered my childhood trauma Amazing. and literally rocked me to my core and really put me on this awful trajectory about four or five years ago. And that's when I really, at that point, I was like, I need to get help. And that would be my first bit of advice is like, if you have a mental health condition and you can solve yourself, great power to you yep. keep doing but most of the time you need to seek help there's no shame in that um uh, but until you actually go and speak to someone and get some help and start figuring it out like i don't think you can really get better in the long run my second yeah. bit of advice to that was like going to get help is like anything in life you could go to a restaurant and get food poisoning it doesn't mean you're going to stop eating i've heard so many stories of people going to a psychologist going it was terrible experience blah 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 and then they just yep. lock the door they don't go back and then you know, if anyone's listening that is a dangerous thing to, to do because you're just going to find bad people out there like you would in any other practice it does not exactly. mean yeah your journey you know um, yeah, there's, I, there's good and bad accountants. <laughs> there's good and bad everything. It doesn't mean you're not going to you yeah. still need to do them. And I've had bad experiences myself. Like I went to psychologist for three years and I thought it was doing good. And it was actually getting me to open up for the first time about my mom. And it, it served me a purpose. But at the time, the, his approach was not around solutions. It was around talking things out. And what I found that actually made things more overwhelming for me because it was like going in and going, okay, well, there's another problem now that I've unnerved. Okay, yeah, imposter exactly. syndrome. Now I've got that. Okay, now I'm insecure. Okay, add that to the list. <laughs> and all these things. And then I started to get panic attacks, which was is the most frightening thing that I've got is a yeah. panic attack. Depression, albeit it's, 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 it's not great, through exercise, getting out, having a loving partner, having a good lifestyle can keep a lot of that stuff at bay. Panic attacks, yep. worst thing I've ever, ever had to experience. Um, and then that manifested into more like public, like anxiety with, with speaking, which is actually something yeah. that I've done my entire life. Yeah, and, and you're a very natural speaker. Yeah, that's something that if you, like I've spoken at conferences and I've honestly spoken a thousand times to big groups. But when I yep. had that trauma in work, it rocked me, I started talking about it, it opened up all this kind of worms. And then I started getting this performance stuff, which I'm actually still to this day, like I'm, we're on the phone here in the room, so I'm fine. But like if you had me in front of a thousand person room now, I'd be, I probably wouldn't be as, um, you know, I wouldn't feel as safe. Yep. Um. So yeah, like it is, and like you know, when I, I suppose where I was going to with that whole overwhelming thing is like first we get awareness, which is we already spoke about it earlier. But with mental health, that's also a, the initial awareness for me meant that it was actually making me feel more overwhelmed. But then the more help I sought and advice I got, awareness then became a choice and a, 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 almost like a piece of power for me because yeah. And actually, when you have solutions in your toolkit, you can then apply them when you are aware that something is happening. Whereas before, I wouldn't have been aware. Um, and I have loads of like, I was only chatting to one of our employees here in Nimbus yesterday who struggles a bit as well. And, you know, there's things like box breathing that I use, which is a yep. very simple 
deal that you can do on a bus in bed. So, for example, if I'm going to bed and I'm worried about money or there's something happening and I've got a big talk the next day, I literally box breathing can take three minutes in yep. bed and then so before powerful. I know I'm asleep, you know. So box breathing protocol is four in, hold for eight, out for seven, or are you doing a different type of protocol? Well, I've heard various different variations of it. So it's really up to you. Like, I mean, I normally go with, I just visualize the box and I do five ah, in. Ah, cool. Yeah, so I do like a line up and hold for five. Well, I breathe in for five, hold for five, release for five, regroup and go again. And then if you do Gosh. that, honestly, four to five rounds of that. I like that. Yeah, that helps you out. Because like Navy SEALs use that, like they're trained yeah. to use that in a like a, a wartime area like it's it's scientifically proven to um basically retrain your paras your sympathetic and your parasympathetic ner nervous system and yep. uh, we're, we're doing a lot of work that nimbus with ice baths and cold immersion therapy as well so like yes. which is for people who struggle with mental health because when you go into a fight or flight mode which is what i tend to do most of the time where i'm just which I used to think was a skill of mine because I worked in corporate. So I'd work like crazy on deadlines and I'd be smashing this out and I'd have four copies and I'd be like, yeah, I'm killing it. And you're hitting sales targets. You do that over 10 years, you will basically, your water's going to spill out. And that's what basically happened to me. Um, Got it. And now I'm trying to pick up all those pieces and I'm trying to retrain my, like I've done a Vedic meditation course as well. Yeah. Which is, which has been beneficial, but Again, meditation is one of those things that people struggle to get to because it is a big thing. It's like you got to do this course, you got to do it twice a day, twenty minutes. Like I get it. Like people don't have that time. Um, yeah. Whereas box breathing is a lovely little simple thing that you can do. And as you say, it's it's three minutes max, sort of thing. Yeah, three minutes and you're done. And then yeah, um, I learned that my my I suppose my journey went even deeper when I was on the ABC Space Twenty Two show, um, which aired this year. Um, okay. It's on iView. If you know if anyone wants to watch it. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, so it was like a six-part flying the wall documentary about mental health, but also art therapy and how art therapy was a way for you to deal with your mental health. And that was I was picked up from that from my podcast, um, which is on mental health as well. And yeah. then on the show, there was a brilliant psychologist there, and she spoke about box breathing. Yes, but also there's a thing called spotting which is not a really yep. great feel. So what spotting is, is like if you feel like you're getting a bit uh, bit nervy, jittery, like you're, you feel like you're about to have an episode, pick something mundane like the color red. And wherever you are, try and spot five things that are red in the room or in your immediate vision. Got it. But Got don't it. only just spot them, actually describe what they are. So you might go, oh, there's a red car, it's a BMW. It looks like the one I used to have when I was younger. And then you move on to the next thing. Oh, there's a red lamppost. The traffic lights red cars are stopped it's a rainy day and if you do that and after about four or five items you'll notice you'll have basically recalibrated your nervous system as well yeah so, i love it i mm, love it yeah so um there's there's a lot of scientific and clinical conversation around mental health being as much about biochemistry nutrition inflammation as it is uh you know a, a disease of the mind what what do you what do you guys think about that? Uh, you know, is, is it an anti-inflammatory diet? Is it you know calming herbs? Is it um, you know more than just practices? What else can we do? What else can we apply? 
No, definitely. And I think that that's a really important step where a lot of people aren't focusing on, you know, they, you know, they're talking about more traditional tools such as like psychology and things like that. And sometimes you can go down that route, but you do need the support elsewhere and we do need to support the body biochemically. So, I mean, in terms of diet, like I think as well, though, it's important to know, like if you are struggling with mental health, sometimes you do need to start really simply, especially when it comes to like dietary protocols or, you know, herbal components and things like that. So, I mean, if you, you know, you could seek help from a, you know, a naturopath or a nutritionist, but I think it's just starting with the bare minimum, you know, like cutting out, you know, refined sugars, glutens, inflammatory kind of foods, I think is like the best first step, but just find that practitioner that can kind of support your journey and be really realistic with like your expectations of like what is actually doable. Um, but I, I think that food plays such a pivotal role in any kind of mental health um, condition. I think it, it and has- it's only like, recently become part of the conversation around mental health yeah. as well, right? So historically, it's always been protocols, it's been drugs, it's been various forms yeah. of therapy, but yeah, diet's never been part of it. But oh, it's the, yeah, the gut health and the impacts on the brain and, you know. Oh, the link yep. between is so big and I think it's so important that it's finally come, come to life and there's a lot more conversation around it. Um, the gut-brain yep. can I mean, is just truly amazing. And the amount of studies that are going out at the moment um, is is incredible. So I think like we're in a really great direction there. I think because there's no one path for someone and everyone is such a unique individual, I think if people can just find that practitioner and just start with the basics, And just go to them and, you know, do some more further investigating on their health, do the diagnostic tests, you know, look what's yep. happening with the gut. Like I think pair that with, you know, psychology or, you know, kinesiology or, you know, just general like sleep and, you know, meditation. I think like people see such huge mm-hmm. improvements um, with yep. those things, right? It's, well, yeah, yeah, like even on the sleep is a big thing as Sue was saying, like sleep is, sleep is the first building block which can go towards… It's the foundation, hey? It's foundational and it's one thing, it's the last thing that people would look to as a way to combat your mental health. And it's actually one of the first things that if you don't get sleep, that's one of the first things that send your mental health the wrong way. Um, And it's free. You know, that's the funny thing. A lot of these things are free, but then people go, sleep, I get enough sleep. How much sleep did you get? Oh, six hours maybe? Yeah, yeah. no, that's yeah. enough. Or if, like, and I'm, I'm a night owl. Like Neil is the night owl, so night he, he's the one that I actually speak. And it's also about quality of sleep. You know, you might yeah, sleep 100%. six hours. The time that you go to bed and what is your yeah. sleep environment? You know, there's so many yeah. simple yeah. tools that you if can you, do If home. you go to bed after 11 p.m., like an hour of sleep after 11 is not worth the same as an hour of sleep you before. Got it. You know, you so got it's things, basic things like that. And unfortunately, it is one of the things that we talk about on the podcast, like uh, myself, that unfortunately with mental health is, well, there's good and bad news. The, the, the good news is that there's so many different things that you can do to impact your mental health, which is great, right? We've spoken yeah. about diet, sleeping, there's apps, there's meditation. Exercise, yeah. yeah. So there's all these amazing things. The bad thing is that there's no one silver bullet that fixes you versus, let's say, Sue or me. And yeah. I might go to a meditation thing, might change my life, and that's me. I'm I'm on my way. Someone else might need. Sometimes you do need medication, and that is necessary. Or yep. it could be your diet, like, and that's the thing. Unless you actually go and seek help, do testing, speak to a professional. That's the only way you're going to get to the bottom of of your own situation. Yep. Is I think it's impossible for you to do it alone. Um, no, I was going to say, I, I think so too. I really think so too. And I think we, we lack the objectivity about ourselves and often our families, right? So 
you know, we, the three of us all know a heck of a lot, but I can guarantee you there's stuff that we know that we should be doing that we're not doing <laughs> because oh we, lack, we lack that objectivity, right? We're case in point. Sue's qualified nutritionist. She was telling me, yep. she gave me a protocol to do. I was half doing it. And she yep. said to me, go spend money on somebody and then you'll yeah. take it. And it's, not, and it's not because you don't respect her or you don't care about her or you don't respect her knowledge. It's just it's because it's, there's, there's that closeness between the two of you. You can't, I guess you can't be objective about it, right? No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. even your, your own self, me as a nutritionist, like I need to yep. seek help elsewhere because you can't always find the answers within yourself even if you think you're specialized in a field. You just need yep. that extra outside yourself. And we, we see a wrath of multimodality people. We see was in a kinesiologist this week. Like I go to osteos every now and again, chiros, yep. and, you know, PT, we psychologists, yep. like marriage counselors. Yeah. Like, um, Good and on you great, guys. It's great thing about Australia. Like we are extremely lucky here that we have like, you know. I think anyone, that's right. I think that's right. I mean, so we, we got back from nine years in Asia just before COVID um, lockdown, the first lockdown. And, you know, the, the ability to go down the street and find five different osteopaths, which you can in, in the eastern suburbs or the northern beaches, mm. you just can't do it. You'd be lucky to find one in Singapore or one in Shanghai. Yeah. Um, you, you can go, like, we're, we're currently on Bondi Road here in Bondi Beach. You can walk into a medical center up at the junction with no yep. appointment and it's fully bulk, uh, bulk build. Like, yep. our son was uh, we were worried about his respiratory uh, a few weeks ago he just was really congested but we got a bit worried and we had uh, an ambulance come out to our house within 10 minutes to see our son yeah i mean it's just you know i know sometimes we give services a bad rap at certain things but i mean we are extremely lucky where we are even with the government you can get a mental health plan which i don't think this one big thing I keep drumming home about mental health is that there's no pathway for you that um, that helps you with mental health. If you break your arm, for example, tomorrow physically, you have an ingrained, you know exactly what you need to do, no matter yeah. what who you are. You need to go to a hospital, see a doctor. They put a cast on it. Everyone signs it. You become cool. Your arm is yeah. strong. <laughs> Think of that for mental health. Like people, like if I said to you now, okay, you have a mental health, what's your first step? People go, uh, 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 I, I don't know. Exactly. And that's exactly. the problem, you know? So the government actually has, uh, my advice there would be to go see someone, speak to someone, yep. find out what it is that's going on, first of all. The government has a subsidized 10-visit uh, mental health plan that you can do. I've done that. I've signed up for that twice, just in case yeah, you know, nice. anyone read about that. doesn't mean you're... There's anything, you know, it doesn't mean you're weak or, or you know, vulnerable or anything like that. You're just trying to solve your own little thing. And that, that's, yep. it, it's, it's, it's actually as a, as a systemic problem, it's easier to think about it like that in small steps. So even if you just did yeah. that, what I said there, that's just the first step on the ladder. But once you get on that ladder, you're on the ladder and you'll eventually keep going. But at the hard part, it's yeah. just getting that, you know, through the door. Yeah. And, and I guess having the courage to, get past the stigma, you know, get past the potential, you know, shame or whatever the issue is for you and just say, oh, look, it's just like having asthma or it's just like having, as you said, cardiovascular disease. You take steps to address it. Well, that's that's our dream. Like, I keep, that's my dream with mental health. Like, hopefully we'll get to a point where I can just be, bump into you having a coffee and go and be as comfortable about saying, oh, yeah, I wasn't out yesterday because I was anxious. Like, you know, yeah. I... I hope that one day society can get to that point that we speak openly about our dietary requirements, which wasn't really a thing yep. 20 years 
know. So I'm hoping that mental health can get to that point. You know, um, you know, I have depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. So there's a yeah. lovely trio of of, of goodies that yeah. I should <laughs> talking about that. And you know, hopefully, more and more people will be as well. You know. Well, I, you know, I, I want to take my proverbial hat off to you both because. These, these are, as you said, they're, they're seen as quite private topics, but I think it's very, very powerful that people hear other people who they can respect and look up to speaking about them. So, so I appreciate it. Yeah, I want to talk to you guys briefly. Small, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the only other small to be a devil's advocate on that point is like we are, I have heard, you know, in schools and things like that. And one thing I would say is hopefully it won't go the other way where like, you know, mental health conditions are just self-diagnosed. You hear a lot of yeah. like... <laughs> now as well as like oh you must have this or you have that like and then people get in their own heads about things when really that might not be what's going on because if you think about yeah. anxiety or stress or depression it can also be circumstantial it can be linked to a specific event which is natural so if somebody passes yeah. away in your in your life you you know that grief is actually a natural thing and you should experience that that that's an okay thing for you to allow in so yeah block them or just saying that I've got that all the time can actually have damaging effects, you know, on the other side. So yeah. just any little thing I just wanted to mention because I, I have but heard I think that. I would agree with you and I think exactly. So it seems like everyone that I speak to is, is diagnosing their own trauma at the moment, which I think, like you said, is not necessarily that helpful either. I think no. the, crux of, the crux of what I, would, I think we're all saying is go chat to someone, ideally a professional about it. Don't, don't self-diagnose necessarily. <laughs> Mm. Um, and have an awareness of how you're feeling, I guess, over over a period of time, not just one, as you say, one episodic, you know, preparing for a big test or a job interview or whatever. If you're not happy, get a second opinion, you know, yeah. or get a third opinion, if you, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's the story with Nimbus Wellness? Talk to me about that. I'm just looking at the platform now. It looks fantastic and, and it seems like you've got every um, high-powered natural therapist in Australia on there. <laughs> yeah, so Nimbus Wellness has been a journey for us. Um, I think for us in COVID, it gave us an opportunity to look at the business and accessibility. And we realized with the studios, it's very um, location specific. And we really wanted to bring, I guess, health and wellness to a wider audience. So the premise behind Nimbus Wellness originally was to provide a platform that had qualified health practitioners, whether it be naturopath, nutritionist, acupuncturist, speaking in their field on particular topics. Um, so we have it in different formats um, available from audio to video to downloadable PDFs. So the wellness practitioners kind of will speak on a particular topic that is of interest to them or that we've asked them to speak about. Um, so, you know, they could be speaking about things such as um, fertility, um, detoxification, just general food protocols, skin health and things like that. Um, and it's just been amazing to see the amount of um, contributors that we've had and just to provide, I guess, access to these things that some people wouldn't usually have access to, I think. You know, we're 100%. very in society to be able to pay to, I guess, go to a naturopath and, you know, pay for that initial consult. And sometimes that can be a really expensive route. The idea behind this platform was to kind of make it a bit more accessible as a first touch point for people that maybe haven't been to a naturopath that, first of all, might not be able to afford a naturopath just to get a bit of, I guess, generalized advice. Um, we wouldn't say that it's like specific because I think everyone is so unique and everyone, um, you know, is dealing with different things. But I guess yeah. for us, 
making health um, accessible and a platform for people to explore these things that maybe they haven't always explored because we know like contemporary and alternative like wellness practices you know they're pretty prevalent amongst like you know the health community as such but sometimes when we look at like the wider community um within you know the the global space not everyone has heard of kinesiology or not everyone has being to an acupuncturist. So I guess it's just giving a little insight into like these modalities um, and what they could maybe bring bring to them like and help them with. Um, I love it. Yeah, but what I will say is we've, you know, pivoting, um, we're still finding our feet with Nimbus Wellness and the platform itself is actually going to be changing into a free content platform and then we're launching okay. a huge our own um, products, which is about to happen in the next six weeks. So we've been working busy behind the scenes. Um, Very cool. This a little bit just because we're finding the way that it's, I think as well, it's important to know like sometimes in business things are working and sometimes they're not. And I think what we've found yeah. is we make this more accessible. People are paying currently for the subscription, but we actually have decided we want to make this content free and accessible. Mm. So from a business perspective, we're actually looking at how we can reframe this and what it looks like from what the, the business model turns into. Yeah. Yeah. More more yeah, of a hybrid, hybrid approach where the majority is free, but then you could if if it's a specific PDF, for example, then maybe you can purchase this for a deeper yeah. dive. But you know, yeah. if we're trying to be accessible to community, which we've said since day dot, like are we really accessible to the community? Even though we, you know, the ticket price was relatively low, but we're we're working with community groups at the moment to try and um <clears throat> get like places like we work with Batir, which is a mental health charity for youth, Addison Road. Yeah. We're trying to sign up partners like that, that we can actually get access to their clients to use the platform. So imagine you're a single dad or a single mom, no yeah. socioeconomic background. Like as Sue said, you maybe can't afford going to a kinesiologist, but if you can get access to Nimbus Wellness, there could be like heaps of different advice or tools that you could use that you could attribute back into your own personal life. And that's the dream. And then that makes us scalable. That makes us... That gives us the ability to go global and to our tag, like to welcome your wellness and put health back into people's hands, no matter where you are. So whether it's Australia, India, you know, Italy, Singapore, that hopefully we'll be able to bring this via our app to everyone across the world. And yeah, the club all off with the products as you said we're trying to create this circular economy of health so if you're near a studio you can experience that great if you're not you can have the app and get access to all our health advice or you can buy one of our products which will hopefully be available in stores across the world so you can have a piece of nimbus wherever you are nice and what are you can you talk about your products or is that still top secret no it's not top secret i mean we haven't officially launched it um, so I'm not sure when the podcast is launching, so it might be before. <laughs> this is <after>. an exclusive. <laughs> so it's okay. It's okay. Um, so the first um, product to launch will be um, we're getting into more of the ingestible space. So I've been working yep. with a formulator for the last year and a half. This product launch has taken a lot longer with COVID and a child in tow. Totally. But totally. Electrolyte powder. So obviously that goes hand in hand with the saunas. We wanted to provide, I guess, something as an offering to our um, saunas that was beneficial pre and post. But also yeah, when nice. I was the this current space and current market, I felt that there was a bit of a gap for, I guess, a natural electrolyte powder. You know, that was you know not just like your your hydrolyte and things like mm. that. So I've been working, yep. yeah. Um, behind the scenes to launch that. So that'll be the first um, product off the rank. And then I'm working 
I'm with formulators just in the skincare space to do um, a face oil, which we've had over the years, and then working with more just beauty tools such as, you know, your gouaches, your body brushes um, yep. and things like that. And then the more exciting space is where – going to be launching our own custom branded sauna yes because the final ah, piece so cool yeah. well is that a well, is that a home sauna or is that going to be for um yeah. clinic use or oh, a bit of both we'll, we'll look to have like a consumer and a business uh product but okay. uh, it's been on our roadmap for some time but uh, you know two years of covid kind of put it on ice because of manufacturing and shipping overseas and all that kind of lovely of supply chain stuff but we are aiming to have that launched in 2023. So the final piece of that puzzle was you can get us online, in a studio, in a retail store, and if you really want, you can have in your home. And that's kind of what our, we're, we're gearing towards. And I think, you know, even with the products, as Sue said, with the Hydrolyte it's a, or the hydration supplement, it's very si- similar to how, why we started Nimbus, like creating a, a product like that, that is lifestyle. Because if you think about it, like some of those more sporty ones, you use it like post a soccer game or yep. you use it when you're sick. But like you could be, you, if you're taking these things on a weekly basis, like that's going to benefit you in the long run for, from a preventative healthcare. So it all goes back to that foundation of preventative health and then um, all our products are trying to do that solve that problem no, no matter what it is and we have a good few other products in the roadmap already for next year as well so that will continue to grow over time and again you know as sue said when we were when covid did hit we were only a bricks and mortar business at that time and that got us thinking yeah. we had to innovate you know because yeah we weren't able to provide that Nimbus experience to people at that time. And, and, and thankfully it's gave us the kick up the backside that we kind of needed to kind of really do these things that we're talking about. So very excited about the future. And we are studios is definitely, it's our, it's our core. It's where we came from. Yeah. So we do have some exciting studios outside of the Manly one coming in 2023. Um, so just, just think bigger and better. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Maybe overseas. Um, I we'll love have it. Some- well, we can travel now. We can go and we can go and see other countries. This is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So more studios coming down the track as well. We'll never, we'll never forget our studios. That's where we started from. And uh, but it's just you know we're never going to have a studio on every street corner in the world. It's just not going to be yep. feasible. So that's where the evolution of our products and digital presence came about that we wanted to try and bring an element of the Nimbus experience no matter where you are. It's really smart, you guys. Well, we check in. So. <laughs> we should do this next year. I can also like, be really honest. Like, since we opened the business, like our business is 100% bootstrapped. Like, we have yep. we're completely self-funded like things take longer and we have really big dreams but like you know from the outside sometimes things look really shiny but like we yeah. are literally mm. hustling behind the scenes to yeah. Make oh, stuff. Yeah. like things i guess take all in good time like we said like we mm. really have big visions but like sometimes you just have to be realistic okay what can we do like this year that you know in our dream project mm. like you know how are we going to get here to here so which like, ones I can just, we tick off yeah well, yeah, anyone listening, because I think sometimes, you know, everyone in business, you know, they have big dreams too. And I know money is such a block for, for so many people, but, it, yeah. you know, it's it's a block for us too sometimes. And it's oh, just well, being it's, like... It's, it's just, the biggest yeah. block. As you said, Gabe, yeah. at the beginning, um, 
you know, like think, imagine like a beautiful swan and then underneath the water, the legs are going like a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially uh, us. And I uh, like yep. that song, like, you know, if we, if we had capital and, you know, big investors, we could have probably tackled some things sooner than we could have. But, you know, if there is any investors out there, feel free to but yeah, no, it's it's certainly been a it's certainly been a journey, but um, wouldn't change it for the world. And it does. And like you said, sorry, I was what I was trying to get at there. You said at the beginning around like you don't switch off if you're a business owner, and that's the challenge we yeah. have. Is like you get an inbound inquiry, which is really great, and you know, and you like I'm worse than this than Sue is. I'm like, oh, this is great, we can do this, and then you get distracted because you're just trying to do everything you can to try and totally, help, totally. Help Grow, but that can actually also have damaging impacts to you. So this year we've tried to be, it's probably the first year where we had such a clear vision. Sue's been yep. on product, you know, that's been her big baby this year. And like, um, well, second big baby, <laughs> it's sunny. Um, but, you know, we, we've had very clear roles, even ourselves this year, which is the yep. first time. And that's helped a lot, you know. Well, I just want to thank, and Sue, I know you've got a hard stop because your mum's coming, but yeah, just want to thank you both for your time. It's been an awesome conversation and, and like I'm sure our listeners would say as well, I've learned a lot. So I really appreciate the, um, the time out of your days. No, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. I hope we can provide some kind of um, benefit or insight into your community. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you guys. I really look forward to meeting you in person soon too. Um, yeah. And please, um, please email me as soon as the Manly Studio opens because I'll be, I'll be there with bells on. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We know your time is valuable and we appreciate the gift of your attention. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review. This helps other people like you find us. You can learn more about Aura Health by going to aurahealth.com.au. Find Aura on your favorite social media platforms. I'm Gabe Pereira. And this is Co-Creating Wellness.